It's the Friendly Fire Show, episode 134 for the 20th of March. I'm Steve from Survivor. I'm Ben from Survivor. And that's all we are. I, I'm not going to talk about that other dude who's never here because I notice I've done that a bunch. And someone's also written in and said I say like a lot. So I'm going to try to not say like a lot, Ben. All right. That's your last one. Last, no guarantee- last like. No guarantees. Well, unless I enjoy something, I might just slip it in. You know, like the actual, how the actual word is supposed to be used rather than... What about slap that just, like button? Oh, we don't have a like button to slap. Ah, uh, but that, I guess technically I've just said it again. You know what I mean? I'm going to try to just be more uh, articulate, I think, when I speak, which would be good. Speaking of things that you like, The Division 2 is quite a good game. <laughs> oh, are you, on the, are you on the side of like now? Because I wasn't sure if you actually had uh, come to that conclusion or not. Uh, well, I'm on the fence. I do like it, but it's it's early days. I feel like there's a lot of things that could be improved. A lot of the matchmaking isn't great for a co-op only game. But the foundation is strong. I think what's there is good. I feel like I'm making progress, but I can't play for like four hours a night. I need to play for like, you know, one hour bursts. Just do like one or two side missions and a main mission. And then I've kind of had enough of shooting the same guys in the face, the same bullet sponges. <laughs> See, I could play for hours on end, um, but I've not been able to as much because there's been some really weird bugs involving um, like the scaling thing that we can talk about because it kind of affects you and I very specifically. Um, but there was this weird bug that's popped up in the last couple days where um, if you used your abilities, they'd kind of like work and then they would randomly just disappear and be on cooldown for like the normal you know, 20 minutes or 20 seconds or however long it takes. So where I was doing okay lone wolfing it, I suddenly couldn't because I just didn't have a turret that I could place or I didn't have a drone that I could just shoot out that would cover my back. Um, And I needed to play a lot because I needed to kind of get this review in progress like sorted. Uh, But you weren't able to play and I was trying to play with Tano a bit and I just got like very leveled up compared to you guys. And that's when we encountered the scaling thing, which gives the lower leveled player appropriate uh, weaponry. And it looks like everything's kind of working at like a, a level equivalent to the host player, but, or I guess the highest level player doesn't have to be the host. Um, the actual issue is it doesn't uh, upscale your armor. So you might be able to damage enemies, but as soon as they hit you once or twice, you're basically just crumbling because your armor's gone your health disappears uh and it's kind of causing us a lot of grief in terms of you and i playing uh well, we can't play together for a while because <laughs> yeah I'm we really can't 13 and what are you at the moment 23 or 24 so well apart because i saw a lot of people on reddit saying that once you get to kind of five or more apart it's when it's really messed up so below that you can kind of manage but anything bigger than that and you're no chance of playing together at the moment which is a shame yeah. because this is a co-op only game. Um, I find the matchmaking works relatively well. So basically I've been lone wolfing solo like side missions and then matchmaking for the longer main missions. And it mostly works. It puts you together with players who I think are actually that level or close to it rather than um, trying to scale. scaling it. Of course, it's people who have wanted to matchmake for that. So if someone way below or way above the level tried to matchmake, I guess they would be put in too. Um, but it works. Except for one today, I got... I was at the mission where I wanted to be and then I got taken back to the White House because I was put into someone else's game 
And that was on the other side of the map. So it was like, guys, why are you matchmaking this mission on the other side? Like now we have to run all the way back. It's kind of annoying, but yeah, they people seem to play with you. So the community side of it seems to be working very well. Yeah. And like I, I said, like again, damn it. Uh, I'm trying person. <laughs> I, I've been kind of just jumping into random people's requests for help because there's an achievement in it. So of course I've done then. that. Uh, well, I haven't properly gotten the achievement. You get it for um, going to someone else's game when they're down, and that's when they ask for help. And if they're asking for help at that point and you revive them, then you get an achievement. But I always just get paired with people, I guess, probably like in your situation, they just want to pair up for a mission or something or a stronghold or um, a control point. Yeah, because then I'm Which out. is as fine. I've done the mission, I drop the squad because I don't know these people. But I'm kind of getting to that elitist point now where I've done most things and I've only got a couple things left to do. So I don't want to really join up on someone to do a control point that I've already unlocked. Like I'm just kind of being a, a bit of a jerk. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the end game like last stretch here. And while I'm sort of excited for it, I'm also not because I've done the Assassin's Creed thing that I do with Ubisoft games and that I won't leave a region until I've completely finished everything inside of it so all of the control points all the side missions all the main missions i'll do enough uh of the like world event random pop-up question mark things that i get the project associated to that region completed which means i get a bounty to go and kill like a, a boss guy and then like that region for all intents and purposes is liberated and I know what happens in the end game because Ubisoft made this huge deal about it. As soon as I get to level 30 and, you know, finish all these end bosses and stuff, all of these regions go under the control of a new faction. So it's like, I'm doing all of this work and I know it's going to be for nothing in the end. And yeah, I just really hope... You. Well, I really hope that they are smart enough to have tied something into that kind of end game narrative that acknowledges that and appreciates how much work has been put into liberating all these areas and then to lose it like i want there to be some huge emotional investment and some payoff i think i'm not sure it's gonna happen i used to do the same in assassin's creed i used to i want to get everything before i move on but then about five years ago ubisoft got crazy with their hoarding there's just so much stuff on the screen they can't declutter no matter what they do and it just kind of hit a point where i thought enough is enough i can't be bothered going to every single icon because there's so much of it here and that's carried over now to the division and i I just skip past all this stuff, which kind of seems like just filler. And I want to do the side missions. I wanted the main missions, but I can't be bothered with all the control points. It's just, we've done a few together. It's fun enough, but what do you really get out of it? Like, I want to move forward. You get loot, um, Ben. That's the entire point. Yeah, Straight you know up I'm, loot. I'm level 13 and my secondary gun is still level five because I haven't found anything I like better because it's, that's another problem I have. You have so many guns and you go through them all and you deconstruct them all. And I still just like the one that I got like after two hours and I'm still using it. So that's not what they want. <laughs> but I haven't found one that I like better. It's still working for me. So, yeah. So what are you rocking? Uh, I've got no like a masterwork. No, not a masterwork. That's Anthem. I've got um, a marksman rifle and I kind of bounce between an assault rifle and an LMG. Depending yeah, so on I've got an what's LMG stronger. at the moment. That's my main weapon. And so that is like a level 12 or 13 with me. That one I update all the time. My secondary weapon, I have something that can do high damage. It has some range and isn't too slow. So it's not like a carbine, which only has like a 50 um, firing rate. It's got about 300. So 
Nice. I like that zone. It's only level five, and I have not found another weapon that has similar like stats across the board. So I'm keeping it. There you go. I'm I'm happy that I found like a shotgun that goes into the handgun slot. So like your double tap for oh, yeah. pray that you have a bullet left in the chamber if you need to like try to shoot someone really quickly because you've been pounced and you're about to die kind of thing. And I liked using a shotgun as one of my main weapons, but it was just you can't get close enough. It's it's definitely a cover based shooter all of the time, so you can't really rush and and use the shotgun. No, and, and certainly not as a lone wolf. I mean, as two, we did okay reviving each other on your own when there's no one to revive you. You've got to hang back and pretty much use your turret and whatever else you're using as your ability, and almost wait for it to recharge. So there's sometimes when you go to do the objective and activate whatever you're doing, a switch or a computer or something. And if you've got like 40 seconds left on cooldown, if I'm playing by myself, I wait for that 40 seconds because I know more guys are coming and I need my turret and my drone. So I'm not oh, definitely. So it certainly changes how you play and you're much more defensive. We're probably both too aggressive playing together. We died many times when we shouldn't. Um, and then <laughs> when you're playing with random people, there's some element of, I don't know if I can trust them to revive me. And I also don't want to look like an idiot. So you don't quite play as aggressively as when you play with your friends. You want to kind of, not let down these people you don't know on Xbox Live or whatever you're playing on. And it's weird how you think like that. Yeah, well, and I, I, I like the way that Massive has designed different encounters. So if you are finding that you're holding back, especially on your own, quite a bit and just spamming turrets and, and drones, and, and you know, I use the Marksman Rifle quite a bit, that's when one mission will throw like three yellow barred, uh, I think they're called outcasts that have like, they've rigged explosives to their person. So you have to like try to shoot them before they explode upon you. And you can't just hang back and slowly snipe one by one by one. You have to change how you play. And I, I really like that massive is kind of design encounters that mean you have to change it up. So you can't just kind of use the same old reliable tactic. Maybe if you're in a group or something, you probably could, but I, I appreciate that about this. It's not feeling stale like Anthem it was awful and that it just feels like the same thing over and over and over. And I get it's, it probably sounds like it's almost like that to you a little bit. That's why you have to maybe play only a couple missions at a, a time or something. But Anthem to me is far more repetitive than the division is. Well, I mean, I think the mission structure is pretty repetitive, but the AI certainly isn't. So that's a massive improvement over the first one. And they said it would be, uh, I don't agree that they're not bullet spongy. They said they you know, that was a fault with Division 1 and they were going to make sure they didn't do that again to make enemies harder. They start off as bullet sponges. Like, I think they could have improved that a little. Um, but the AI generally, as you said, is great. Like, tactically, they almost possibly modeled on what real players would do. Like, they come in and sometimes enemies are way more aggressive than you'd think they are. Sometimes they hang back. Um, there are support characters, basically, which go and act as medics or they go and repair a turret, which is what a real player would do. They'd probably run back to revive their mate or fix their ability if you could. Um, so this is the type of thing you don't really get in these type of games normally where AI seem like they have strategies. I'm sure if we looked into it and someone played for a thousand hours and dug deep, you could find out what triggers what. But at the moment, it kind of seems like they're planning on the go, which makes it much more interesting to play. Oh, for sure. And like, I've only, I've, I've tried one hunter instance. So I went to an underground area near the Lincoln Memorial and there's this laptop that you can turn on. And when you do, it kind of illuminates a map board in front of you and it has like a little crescent moon with an X on it. 
So I was smart enough to realize I needed to go to that area at night. Uh, and when you do, there's like this kind of little shack with like just a light swinging from a rope. And I didn't know what to do. So I'll, I'll admit at this point, I Googled what to do at that point. If you shoot the light, a level 35 like yellow bar hunter appears so he destroyed me Don't want but that. i was watching i was watching like a video with like a team of four trying to fight the guy and he well one he's level 35 so he's even if you're you know level 30 you're horribly underpowered against this dude but he seems very smart and he's not just kind of executing the same script over and over or whatever else it seems like he's actually like a player that you're trying to fight against which is probably which the is cool selling point of this game really they've made encounters interesting and different yeah the world, and there's 12 of, of them so oh, yeah. you know you get through one and there's 11 more if you want to attempt it and they seem really difficult so i'm kind of keen to give it a go i don't want to attempt it that sounds terrible uh but i'm only a lowly <laughs> level 13 so maybe one day <laughs> maybe one day uh, but have um, you been to washington dc before no, but I really want to, like after Fallout 3 and now this, like I'm super keen on Washington well, DC. Even not having been there, you can kind of get the feel that this is based roughly one-to-one and then put in a fictional setting, obviously, to have this kind of ruined world. Um, but you can, yeah, you can tell the care they're putting into making it. And I know we all complained that Division 1 was kind of like a concrete jungle. Um, and so they've really rectified that. They've gone with all types of different environments and it's as much as I don't want to look in every corner for a new backpack to see if it's got some metal in it or something, it is still <laughs> kind of fun to look inside the buildings. And I think that's what I enjoy more that, you know, these types of big open worlds, often they look great on the outside, but you can't go inside to a lot of the buildings. So the insides of some of the places look even better than outside sometimes. So it's been crafted really well. And then oh, obviously it, set it, up for a lot of combat scenarios. Yeah. And it rewards exploration too. Like you go and find the giant pride flag, which is sort of near the White House, which I thought was hilarious. I know that Trump is not the president in this game, but I still just delighted that there's like a little gay hub right near him. Uh, and if you, you can just go there and kind of appreciate it and walk around and, and look around and stuff. But there is a door that you can kind of get into that takes you into this weird sort of back alley area. And it's like a little hub where survivors have set up. And if you, get in there then you unlock some new side missions and, and things like that so you're kind of rewarded for exploration in in resources like you were saying but also just with kind of like neat little easter eggs and extra missions if you want to keep going through the experience and this game will take 50 60 hours i reckon to to finish probably. in a way that you're satisfied anyway if you're there's probably a tons lot. of stuff i think i mean yeah. it's hard to tell i probably 10 12 hours in and i think i'm 40 percent through the main campaign or something like that so yeah it'll be a slow burn but it doesn't feel like i played for that long it kind of yeah drags you along with it in a good way nice uh anything else you want to say about the division two i'm, I'm quite keen i gotta finish the end game stuff so i can finish up the review but i'm, I'm pretty i'm thinking kind of like an eight in my mind at this point well, I mean, we're playing early on. There was the whole three days early if you're a rich kid and, you know, you had to wait a little longer for a commoner. Um, but do you think it would be better to play now or to wait for like three or four months? They'll definitely iron out some of these bugs, like the scaling thing. There's a bunch of other glitches, like the ability one. Um, I think fast travel doesn't work as well as it could. They will all be fixed in a few months, but you'll miss that first kind of period, which is always so important with these online games. So if you want to match make missions, then it's going to be much harder than it is now. Yeah, I think 
compared to Anthem, Anthem's just a train wreck, and the division is a fully fleshed out title with a lot of thought that's been put into it. Like Anthem just seems like it's a patchwork quilt that they're kind of still trying to figure out. But the division seems like it's it's there. There's some stuff that didn't quite work as expected, like the abilities, like the way that the scaling works. But I think it's still a proper completed game that you will enjoy and not feel frustrated with where, you know, people were playing Anthem early and it was just an absolute mess. And I jumped in to play a little bit today and it's still just, it's a mess. It's, there's not a lot to yeah, it. The other side Destiny of that was kind of the same. To... Destiny two is the same. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you jump in late as I did with Destiny, it's really hard to catch up to your friends because they're so far ahead, even with scaling, because they don't want to come back and help you on a low level mission, unless they're just being a good friend. There's not a lot in it game-wise for them. So if you were to come in three months in the f- future from now and your friends have already been playing, there's really little incentive for them to start another character unless they really want to do that. The flip side is if you can convince three of your friends to wait and all of you are going to play then, different story. That's not oh, really definitely. realistic. Um, <laughs> probably the best way to play this game is to get three friends and say, right, we're going to play every Monday and Wednesday night and every Sunday afternoon. And that's the only time we play. We don't play don't separately. Cheat. Don't go uh, ahead. And don't miss a session. Now, if you can live a life like that and get that to work, fantastic. You'll have an amazing Division 2 experience. Um, I think that's going to be a small crowd, though. I think you're right. And The thing that also that Massive's done is they've really communicated what they're doing in terms of content and how they're laying it out. And it's not kind of a drip and drab thing. It's like steady content for a good long while. So I tried jumping back into Destiny 2, and they didn't have a lot of stuff going for it for a while and now it's all about gambit and i logged in and i just kind of looked at the things it wanted me to do and i went i i have no interest in this and just like shut it down so it'll be interesting to see how player retention goes for massive in the division two in the next couple weeks and months as people either you know like get through the story and burn out or decide to keep playing and it's i don't know i'm I'm not sure how it's gonna go yeah I mean, I think Division 1, what some people said to me on Twitter when I mentioned I didn't want to play this for 100 hours, but I wanted I wanted to be in for at least a period, is I said I enjoyed my 20, 30 hours with Division 1, and then I was done a lot more than my 150 hours with Destiny 1. Um, and I think it's a type of game that you could, depending on how the end game goes, put that time into, but maybe you don't have to. Like maybe it doesn't have to be a game where you have to go back to it every year and play it for ages. You could just enjoy it for a shorter period and it would still be a success. Like I know these games as a service want to keep lasting as long as possible from the publisher's point of view, but as a player, you really should just play to the point where you've had enough. Like it doesn't have to drag you in for years to come. I think so too. And it's all about kind of like value for money type thing, which is maybe a really good segue Ben, into some news. If we're, if we're going to get off the division, um, this popular game that we've not paid any, money for unless we were narcissistic and bought some skins uh apex legends is about to drop its first battle pass and it transitions the game for one that is completely free unless you want to buy skins like i just said to one that wants you to drop either 10 bucks or 30 bucks for either just a complete fresh battle pass or a partially completed battle pass now if you haven't played Fortnite, do you kind of understand what the battle pass is, first of all, or no? Uh, I got the gist of it. It seemed to be more or less. So it's another leveling system within your level. 
you get some skins, you get like an XP boost or something like that. Um, yeah. That seems to be the gist of it. Per- yeah, pretty much. So there's like 100 levels of things, 100 challenges that you need to complete. And each one completed gives you XP or new skins or da 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 da. And there's 100, I said there's 100 total. If you pay the 10 bucks, you just get the battle pass. If you pay the 30 bucks, you get the first 25 levels automatic, uh, automatically completed. And then you get all the stuff that you would have earned air quotes because of it. So my, like my nephew does this for Fortnite. He drops money every time they do a new season to get like, I said, like again, I'm going to give up to get a soccer outfit for his character. And he loves it. And I just don't quite understand the point of it. The other thing I don't understand is that especially in Fortnite, there is, this weird it's just like busy work basically where it wants you to go and dance in front of this rock or i don't know shoot these three signs in different areas so it's in that case epic actively trying to get players to not shoot one another in a battle royale but to go and run around and dance in front of this that and the other and if you you know we're randomly paired with one extra player in our case because you and i play apex legends together and we were trying to win the game and someone's running around emoting to a building i think i'd be kind of angry about it i don't really get it i i do see the challenge point of view it's the same as us doing something for an achievement as we did for the uh gold gun basically we googled how to do it or what would be our best chance and we pretty much fluked it actually but we we played a few rounds where that's what we were going for, but that was one single achievement. Like we weren't doing a hundred different ones. So if there was, well, and if we jumped in and found a gun and it wasn't there, then, then we, we went played. back to shoot things mode. We didn't decide to run halfway across the map to tick a box and do something else. If there was doing a moat in front of a rock somewhere, we would have done that. Let's be honest, but for an achievement. Oh yeah, definitely not a hundred. Uh, the one I don't <laughs> really like is the pay even more money to have part of it done for you. So I mean, that's obviously just an easier way to make money. A lot of people will say, well, I'm a working parent. I'm a working student or whatever I am. Um, I need, I'm willing to pay more money to skip some time. And that's fair yeah. enough. But yeah, I just don't like those pay to skip ahead. It's not pay to win or anything because it's just some skins at the end of the day, really. But yeah, yeah, it's an, but it's, I don't like those type of things. And like, I'm not entirely certain how Octane works. So Octane's this rumored character that we've heard about for two weeks and he's actually going to be added in at the same time as the battle pass which is and it's yeah, now he's out now not clear to me if he's just extra money to purchase or if you can earn him through the battle pass that wasn't clear to me either i actually read that everything you need to know that playstation posted and they didn't explain that what they did say is if you buy this for 10 bucks you can earn enough in-game gold for the next battle pass so you won't have to use cash so they didn't really explain what the future is beyond that, but potentially you could buy this one, do enough challenges to earn the next one, and if that process repeats, maybe it's only ten bucks for all of them and a lot of your time. Um, but they didn't mention Octane at all. I mean, they mentioned him, but they didn't say how you got him. They just said he's available with this. So we're just gonna have to wait and see. So I am at the stage where I've played enough Apex Legends to really enjoy it, and I kind of look forward to a time where you and I can jump in or like if you and I and another friend can jump in and and try to play. So I'm happy dropping money on it at this stage 
because of what I've gotten from it. I'm not certain I want to buy the battle pass, but I would probably just go and buy Octane now if that option is there. So that's where I think I sit in terms of throwing money at it. I played probably my favorite games of the year would be Apex and Resident Evil 2 and Division 2 so far. So I haven't spent any money on Apex so far. I haven't unlocked either of the characters either, but I'm pretty close to one just from playing. At this point, I'd probably just pay for the other one and Octane. So, you know, that's relatively cheap. I don't think I want skins. I don't think I want more challenges. Um, I know you get an XP boost there, but what do I really need XP for at a faster rate? You only need to get to level 50. That's that achievement. Well, so, I mean, you could pay to skip ahead (laughs) to get more XP. That's just an option. I guess, but I I think I'll play it enough to get to that without having to leverage an additional system. Yeah. And, I mean, the other side of this is these free-to-play games need a way to make money. If people are wanting to spend money here, it doesn't give them an advantage, really. and if that's what keeps the development cycle going so they can keep improving, keep adding new maps for free, then who cares? You know, it's it's a way to fund that. And it could mean like Titanfall 3, which I'm... Indirectly, yeah. Quite happy to very indirectly support. Now, what about these people who want biting to become an option? When you're down, you can't really <laughs> do anything. You just have to wait for your uh, teammates to come over and revive you. And normally that's when everything goes wrong for us. We normally would pick the wrong time someone to run over and there's someone else in a bush or around a corner and they just destroy our squad. Great tactic though. Uh, target the, <laughs> use the down player as bait basically. Um, so people said, I don't, where did it come from? I can't remember now. It came from a dude off Reddit who's of just saying, I'm so bad at this. I am continually being downed and I can't really help my team. That's right. I wish let I me could start some fighting someone. Yeah, let me launch some ankle, I believe was the... <laughs> Munch the direct quote you know watch some leg i wouldn't mind I think it's a good like idea you're, you're slowly bleeding out anyway basically uh retaliate you know have something tiny amount of health away it would just be annoying enough as a player that you kind of think i've just got to finish this guy off because at the moment you normally just leave down players really because they can't do anything to you um, and it, it works in both favors so if you're obviously if you're down you get to maybe try to help your teammates take an opponent down that's around you the other thing is it kind of incentivizes an active player properly killing the launcher because there are self-revive tokens in the game so if you're using that kind of strategy where you're you've downed someone and you're waiting for his friends to show up and you're not really paying attention to the guy crawling around behind you, that person could revive and then shoot you in the back. So if you know that they're going to be crawling around trying to bite you, you would properly kill them rather than kind of leave them as bait. Yeah. I'm, to I'm, avoid it. Yeah, so like it works that, both it ways. Be, yeah, I think it would be it would be something. I don't think they will add it, but they should look at giving you some level of something to do, some power. You can't do anything. Well, you're so helpless when you're... It's not going to happen, but I love I love the idea of it. You yeah, know what I don't really love the idea of, though? What? Playing COD Mobile, which was recently announced in the last couple of days. Yeah, so it sounds to me like Activision is trying to get into the mobile game slash free-to-play space. Um, not that Apex is on mobile yet, but it will be eventually. And Fortnite became a giant success when it went to mobile, basically. Correct. Beyond that, I don't know much about it. I know you can register at your interest or something at the moment. I'm not really sure. iOS and Android, you can register your interest. And it it basically just sounds like a COD best of 
So for the millionth gazillionth time, you can play Nuketown. Mm, well, that'd on, be fun with your touchscreen control in a, in a different iteration of the game. So it's it's basically just giving traditional COD modes on traditional COD maps on mobile. So if that's your thing, great, more power to you. But meh. we'll see how that goes. Uh, much more exciting is Halo: The Master Chief Collection is one finally coming to PC, the long rumored Windows 10 version. And uh, Halo Reach, one of your favorites, is being added for a small yes. fee on Xbox or free on or included on PC. Yeah, and on Steam, which is cool. So it's smart, but it's also making people excited and angry at the same time. So there's the people who've been waiting for this on PC who are really excited and are just super keen to be able to get this game on either Steam or Windows 10 PC via the Windows Store. Uh, there's the other people who are already saying like, oh, well, I already have this on on Xbox One, so it should be a Play Anywhere game, and I want it for free. And I don't think they realize how much work we'll have to go into getting these old kind of bungee games working on PC. Like, it's not just going to be a straight port, and it's not like a Quantum Break or something where it's been developed with this like Play Anywhere structure in mind, so it just works across xbox and pc it's there's a lot of work going into this it's not just 343 there's two extra dev teams well and getting this ready for pc remastered now so and they want to avoid the problems that happen on xbox and roll out one game on pc at a time to make sure it's stable and working and then shift focus onto the next halo game and the next halo game so it sounds like there's going to be a lot of work involved but when it's done it's going to be pretty neat i'd say I'd say so. I think they've confused it a little bit by putting multiplayer on Xbox for free, but charging a fee. I get they need to make money. This game came out five years ago originally, um, and then they, they're they doing something now, so they need to sell it as DLC, but it's a little confusing that it's not on PC, and people don't read anything, so it's going to yeah. confuse some people. Uh, but generally, I think it's great. It, it feels like a complete package once Reach is in there. So I know a lot of people probably didn't even play it. Like it's that's almost a 10-year-old game. So there's going to be Halo fans who haven't played it who maybe played the other games in the collection. And that's the one they're missing out on, which was kind of Bungie's end. So It was. It was their last proper game before they left and went and did Destiny. And the team kind of splintered at that point. Which so. you've implied is not a proper game. So just interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and... I, I think it's probably one of the I think it's well I think it is probably the oh three was pretty good it's one of the better favorite. three it's is one the of the better Halo games played through co-op with one person next to me and two others online and we started at the beginning and we finished at like 3 a.m or something and that blew my mind in probably 2008 or so in 2007 whenever this game came out so nothing has been able to replace that experience because it was just new at the time um, but oh, Reach is a very good game. It's probably a it's, cleaner, tighter game, but 3 will be the special one for me always. Yeah, it's better than 4. It's definitely yeah, it's- better than the train wreck that was 5. Yes. But if you have Halo 5 and you've been kind of following this Master Chief Collection announcement, there was a stupid joke on Reddit about buying the devs pizza if they would confirm that the game was coming to PC. And since they have 3 for 3's offices, were just like inundated with pizza. So as thanks for that, they've made a pepperoni pizza skin that you can apply to a Halo 5 gun of your choice. Oh, so enjoy that. Skin. But I'm glad the downside is you have to play Halo 5 
was when they announced this on Inside Xbox and they had this pizza gag, I thought, what is going on here? This is just like the worst type of wannabe content influencer. But there was a massive inside joke that I did not get. Uh, so, yeah, good on them for playing it up. They needed to maybe explain it just a teeny bit rather than having people figure it out and disseminate the information. But, it, yeah, it looked pretty weird. It looked like you were watching some sort of like live stream from a college dorm during a party it's like let's have some pizza let's go get yeah, some like weird. chips and stuff <laughs> yeah. well and then they the two hosts had more pizza then they had some jelly beans or something and like what is going on here but anyway it was all part of a joke i didn't get it at the time so yes well great there you go yeah um so we're recording this over gdc microsoft theoretically could be shocking the world and confirming rumors of uh, Xbox Live on Switch to a greater extent. It already technically is, I guess, because you can get achievements through Minecraft on Switch, but they may even bring Xbox Game Pass to Switch. Mm. Um, But for sure, we already know, because they've released some stuff ahead of the GDC talk, that they're bringing Xbox Live to a platform agnostic kind of mentality with something called Microsoft Game Stack, which bundles like the Azure Cloud and xbox live and a whole bunch of other systems in a bundle that developers can like stick into their games so it's kind of cool i don't quite understand how it works so maybe the talk's gonna do a bit better with that i don't know if anybody's gonna pick it up and i don't know like i don't necessarily think it's gonna mean that you can fire up your ps4 and get xbox achievements anytime soon but yeah but it's a cool idea I mean, Microsoft have been dabbling ever since they did Play Anywhere, really, where they're kind of moving more platforms together and it's more Xbox is a service, not a console. Um, but they kind of haven't nailed Play Anywhere yet. We just talked about Halo. Uh, hmm. Someone where I work actually was talking about Minecraft and how their kids play it on Xbox and they want the PC version because, I don't know, it's more up to date or something. Kids know more about this than me. Um, and I said, <laughs> oh, you can probably actually download it. It's probably Play Anywhere, like the thing Microsoft do. Once you own one copy, you own it on the other. But not with Minecraft. It's another game that's not like that. So they kind of half have done that, but there's a bunch of games which aren't Play Anywhere. So I kind of feel like Stack is maybe them trying to move more things together in that it's actually hopefully. more unified and we're, we're not just doing one thing here and one thing on another platform. We're kind of bringing Game Pass across the board, the Xbox Live servers the um, cloud stuff all together. So if that's what they're actually going to do and there's no games and things that are missing like there are at the moment, that would be much better probably next generation. Yeah, well, we'll find out soon, I guess. Something we won't be finding out a lot about soon. Great segue, Steve, um, is a game called Back for Blood, uh, which was just announced by Turtle Rock Studios. They're the guys who have done Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2. They did Evolve, so you might be Noticing the the theme here, they do four v well, well like four v one or four v <laughs> zombies games. This is basically Left for Dead at Warner Brothers or published by Warner Brothers because they don't own the rights to Left for Dead. Left for Dead, yeah, that's right. Um, it feels very uh, perfect dark because Rare didn't have the GoldenEye license or the Bond license anymore, so we'll just do our own version of this. Uh, but the current modern take on it with a lot of promises but no real specifics of what it's going to look like so i liked left for dead it was a cool new take on a shooter when it first came out here we had the censorship issue it was at left for dead 2 where it only had green blood because it couldn't get an r rating because it didn't exist at the time 
I can't yeah, remember so though. You're right. Always, I remember that just logo covered in green, which I can't remember if it was the real logo or if that was just a a meme one, basically. But that's what sticks in my mind when I think Left 4 Dead. Wasn't there something about like it was giving the finger, or there were severed yeah. fingers and they couldn't do that, so they had to fix? The I hand. can't remember. I don't it know. Was, it was one of the big debacles that really made us push forward to think this is ridiculous. We need an R18 rating, and now we have one. So Back for Blood won't have this problem. There you go. And it's also not going to be out for a good long while. So let's move on. Well, something that will happen much sooner is PAX Australia is coming up on the 11th to 13th of October this year, which is two weeks earlier. Literally sooner, Ben. Literally. Yes, correct. Which I don't know. If, I don't. It's it's kind of a moot point, I guess. Like it's earlier and we could try to figure out why, but it's such a gap filler of an event it's not timed ahead of major releases like PAX and PAX E-Star, as an example. It's kind of just something in Australia for Australians to do, and it's not really promoting a lot of games because they've either you know come out in September or they're coming out in November for Christmas. And it's, it's, it's definitely a player thing and not something for you and I necessarily. Oh, yeah, definitely about the culture and the community, which we think is great. Um, but I have heard publishers say in the past and PR people that it's just too late in the year. So maybe even though two weeks will help it, because as you said, there's a lot of November games which can now be there and like late October just before they come out. Because we've always had a big release around packs. Like we had um, Mario Odyssey had just come out in 2015. I know Fallout 4 had come out like same weekend because we wanted to go home and play it in 2015 and not yep. be at packs instead. So there's, there's always a like at late October bunch of games. So maybe they're just getting out of that window. There's, the Call know, of Duties never... and the Assassin's Creed's come out usually during PAX. Yes. And From what I remember. So they're normally early November. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it might just get out of that window where there's some value in publishers having their games there. And now that EB Expo's there, they want to sell you games. So they're happy to have stuff on show, which is just about to come out or even has just come out. So... I think we'll be able to see more games there because of this. There'll be more of that stuff that's just around the corner as opposed to just come out. And maybe yeah, and probably early October would have been better, but then you're clashing with too many other things. So. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to go for the hype train. It's always a bit of fun. It's, it's definitely not something for work, like in terms of what Survivor does, because we play like Resident Evil 2, there was a playable build and I was super excited and it was the one that was at Gamescom and the one was at E3 before that. So we've largely played all the stuff that we would be excited to get hands on for a preview purpose kind of thing. But that's just me that being an elitist up. and it's exciting to have this kind of stuff coming to Australia if you don't generally have the opportunity to play stuff early. So yeah, and, and uh, it's good that people, people yeah. like back it. As like in a time where Sony and EA and EA have pulled out of E3, they'll still have a presence at PAX Oz. So it's it's for the players, as Sony would say. That is true. And you know who will be at E3? Bethesda have confirmed that they will have a conference. Uh, we already knew that, but it's nice for them to say they will be there with so many people pulling out. Um, hmm. And from their teaser, which we saw today, time of recording, uh, it kind of looked like a Starfield type of thing, which of course they announced last year, but they didn't really tell us anything. So, which is exciting. Fallout in space. That is exciting. Something and they kind of need to from Bethesda. And they need to up the ante because 
people were excited for Starfield and then Obsidian who did Fallout New Vegas and Obsidian who probably get a lot of praise for the way that the Fallout franchise has kind of turned out in the last couple of years, especially compared to the train wreck that was Fallout 76. They're doing their own sci-fi type Fallout game called The Outer Worlds. So I think Bethesda really needs to double down on Starfield and get us excited for it instead of burned by Fallout 76 and looking to try someone else. So I, I hope they, they do a lot with Starfield. They do need to do that. And they need to show you some fantastic single player games because that is where they've done well over the years. And they've absolutely tanked Fallout basically. So yeah. And probably their online multiplayer <laughs> style games. Like if they show another, here's a big MMO type of thing. Uh, no one's going to be interested in that. So they need to show here's probably some um, Elder Scrolls 6. I know they've said that's a long way away, but they could probably tease something for that. They'll have some new stuff. They just need to win back a little bit of trust, I'd say, because it had such yeah. a good reputation a couple of years ago, and they've really yeah shot themselves in the foot the last probably year. Well, and just with like the whole thing with 76 and the stupid canvas bags and the way that the game actually plays and the way that they've handled bugs where people fall into dev rooms by accident and then they start banning people just because they, you know, had horrible design in a multiplayer game that they've designed like it's Fallout 5 and then tacked on some networking into. It's... They, they, they will have just put out Rage 2 before the conference starts. It literally yep. will have been out for a couple weeks. Um, there's Elder Scrolls 6, like you said. There's Starfield. There's that uh wolfenstein game where you're playing as bj's kids yeah Yeah, there's there's, they've got a a bunch of stuff that we know about already and i'm sure they'll surprise us with some other stuff as well so i'm pretty excited for it yeah well they'll probably get sick of hearing about the elder scrolls online though so just do not talk about about that i don't Don't get awkward awkward dude who is very nervous on stage at all times just get todd howard to talk about it if anything well i think they'll get a lot more exposure because without playstation is probably the biggest uh, conference, at least the last few years in terms of what people are talking about online. They're not doing anything. EA normally have a couple of big things and they have Star Wars and they have the sport games. They normally get a bit of attention there. They're not doing anything either. So you've already only got Xbox. We're probably going to show new consoles. You've got yeah. Ubisoft who always put in a strong show, but they don't often have that game that blows you away. We not often leave and we say Ubisoft had a solid all round conference, but they don't have that big star power. Because ben, it's but just... it's not an E3 until I see the Ubisoft press conference start with Just Dance insert year here. And it will. And it will. It's just not the same. Well, it's going to be there. We won't get an Assassin's Creed <laughs> this year, though. So they're going to have to fill that. We'll probably see if Skull and Bones still exists. We'll get Division update and one or two new games. So you can kind of already yeah. tell what you're going to get from Ubisoft. But it's always good. But it's there's space for Bethesda to kind of muscle in a bit and steal some of that coverage and that hype. The PlayStation's really just left there. Um, Nintendo will do their direct, and they always strong as well. And that's about it. So there's there's less people competing for all that noise this year. In terms of the show, I mean, a lot of people think E3 is the announcements beforehand. Um, and it, you always used to amaze me when people would say, you know, I think Sony's won E3. I think Nintendo had an amazing first party lineup or whatever. And they'd always declare that before the showroom had opened, before E3 had even begun. Yeah. So the person at home, E3 is the announcements. It's not actually the conference or the expo. So, yeah, it'll be... Well, you're going space. for us this year. 
That's true. I've been approved. Are you excited? So three oh, you've been approved. Congratulations. Been approved. Um, are you yeah, excited? Are you, if if there's excited, not an actually. Xbox console, are you going to feel kind of let down? Or is that, does, is that well, Xbox is something gonna that's going to make or break? They're going to have to be big. I think this is going to be a downer year overall. I think next year will be the big year because it's going to be the year where the consoles launch. It'll be equal to 2013, if my memory almost forgotten. 2013 was the current consoles, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, so this is E3 number six for me. They're really tallying up, um, but I haven't been to the last <laughs> two since they've been um, open to the public. So it's definitely changed. I went in 2016 and it felt much quieter that year compared to 2015, the year before. There was just a sense that it wasn't exciting. I think 2K had just pulled out EA. No, sorry, they were there. They were in this place where EA used to be. You used to walk into one of the halls and get smashed in the face by EA every single time. But that was the year they'd pulled out to do um, EA Play. So oh, yeah. 2K kind of took over and they didn't have that same kind of pull and there was a big space at the back where the army had set up and it was just like a recruit now in the US Army and it was <laughs> kind of real weird. So that was nice the last thing I went to. I'm hoping it's kind of, now that it's a public, that was the last, I don't think that one was public, so it was the last one that wasn't. So now that it is, I hope it's kind of put some more life back into it because there are less publishers there. So People the first year it was public were, press I should, I should say, were super annoyed about the public being there because it was so jam packed with people and stuff. And it was the worst. And when I went last year and EA had pulled out and it was just a little less than it normally was. Like it wasn't too bad. I think in terms of there's less stuff on the floor, there's more people on the floor, but it's, it kind of balances it out. So I didn't find it that bad in terms of trying to get around and get through things without running into someone's armpit or something. So I reckon and you'll have a good be, time. If, uh, cause normally you have the Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, both all lined up in their own hall, basically. So if Nintendo and Xbox kind of take over that extra space that Sony had to account for more people in there, but they won't cause Microsoft's not do. there either. Microsoft's in either? the Microsoft theater. They're oh, at the, right. what was it used to, it used to be the Nokia theater, just like is now uh, the near Microsoft Staples theater, center. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, next door. Which is kind that's of annoying to, for you to get to, but in terms of space, there's tons of space in, in the convention center. Well, that's interesting. I forgot about that. So it'd be interesting how they lay it out then. And I'm presuming Xbox is doing that because they are showing off hardware more so than games. So they're probably not going to have that much. They're going to have Halo Infinite, um, but they're probably not going to have that much to show off next gen wise. So they're probably going to have a lot of people wanting to go look at a prototype box if that's there. If it isn't, it's going to be, you know, here are some specs or here's some information. If they're not ready to actually show a prototype yet, which they may not be, that may not be till next year. So yeah. how they use the space will be interesting. Well, it'll be interesting. He says while he's yawning. Sorry. Well, <laughs> it's, it's been a long week. You know, it's only Tuesday. Nintendo will be obvious. Nintendo will just be, here's a giant Pikachu because Pokemon's coming. That's all you people want, right? And pretty much, yes, it is. So that'll be an easy one. Pretty they're much. Easy to predict. Um, it's the others, which will be interesting. I would love yeah. to see something new and out this year from Ubisoft. They always have strong stuff, but a lot of it is here's another Tom Clancy's something or other. Mm. Uh, just something without something new that doesn't have Tom or Clancy before it would be very interesting. <laughs> I was going to say they're going to get around it by it's his son, Scott Clancy's <laughs> Rainbow Six Seven. Well, I say that I actually yeah. would love a new Splinter Cell. So 
I will allow oh, that. Oh yeah. Uh, we all thought that was going to happen last year. We got burned. Yeah, so hopefully this year. Good. Well, so you'll forgive that Tom Clancy or they could just call it splinter cell. I don't quite understand that. what they call it. Anyway, it doesn't, doesn't matter. I'm talking about why nothing. He, why does the division have Tom Clancy on it? It was started well after he'd passed. So did he write sure a short why. story or something? I don't, which I should ask. We should look into that, Ben. Let's do that. Let's figure this it's out. It's probably an obvious answer. We'll Google it first, just in case it's so obvious that we'll look like idiots. But if not, we'll ask. Later. Not, let's not do it now, because we'll probably let's look like idiots. No. Exactly. Right, I think so we're I'll pretty be at E3. done. You'll be at PAX. That's us for the year. Yeah. And yeah, we're done. It's only it's only March, but I'm done. Let's just put a pin yeah. in it. <laughs> That's our events done. for the year. <laughs> All right. I'm pulling the pin on this too, Ben. Or putting a pin in this, whatever I said like like and subscribe or whatever see i'm out of it um thank you for listening again we're gonna do this on a fortnightly basis or a bi-weekly basis if i'm enacting my canadianness uh if you want to give us some feedback you can tell us uh, at survivor on survivor i'm at s right au on the social medias ben i am at ben underscore salter on twitter that's it and you don't have to tell me that I say like too much. You could say something nice if you want, or both. You could give us a compliment sandwich and uh, layer it all in a nice, easy-to-digest package. I've never had a compliment on Twitter. I don't think it can happen, but it would be interesting. <laughs> you change of pace. <laughs> See how you go. Make us feel nice before you like crush our hearts. But um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining me, Ben. Oh, my pleasure. Now I'm off to go back to the division. So I've had my hour. And I would play with you, but I won't because we're under. I'll just play at the same time that you do. I'll wave 